division. Look uh, at this. Uh, it's, the statistic says less than 3% of American Christians can articulate God's vision for their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is scary and good at the same time. Right? Less than three. Now, we're not talking about less than 3% of America. We're talking about 3% of Christians in America. Christians in America. That this poll was taken uh, by Barna Group, which does a ton of uh, polls across uh, evangelical and Christian uh, uh, landscape, took a poll and only 3% of American Christians can articulate God's vision for their lives. So my question is, what do you know what God's vision is for your life? Do you have that vision somewhere where you can say, yeah, I know, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. I have a vision. God has shown me what he wants me to do. So we want to get clarity on that today, all right? I'm going to help you if you never have sought God about having a vision for your life and you just live in day to day. What a tragedy, right? right? you got to have a vision. What is God mm -hmm. calling you to do? So there's three things I'm going to accomplish in these next 30 minutes. It's to help you understand the value of having a vision, mm -hmm. right? What is the value? Well, you know, Pastor, I, I retired 10 years ago. Well, you're still breathing. Amen. <laughs> right, right. You're still breathing, man. I mean, if, if you're still breathing, guess what? God got some more work for you to do. Amen. Right. Right? Uh, you're still here. Well, Pastor, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just taking it easy. You're still here. Right? So you got to have a vision, right? Uh, the second thing I want you to get is I want you to be able to recognize principles of vision. We're going to look at the life of Nehemiah to recognize principles. We're going to define what a principle is. I'm going to give you some really applicable, realistic things that you can do that when you walk out of here, you're going to feel motivated about your life. And the third thing I hope to do is uh, help you work out formatting what it was called a, a vision statement for your own personal life. So uh, for this ministry, we're clear on what the vision is. We know what God has called us to do. I talk about it in growth track over and over again. The four things that God tell, tells us, has us to do as a church. We help people know God. We help people find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Those are the four things that we do as a church. We do nothing else but those four things. Everything we do are in those four things. That is the vision for the church, Amen. right? That's what we're called to do. We're called, and it, it goes even further on how we do those four things, right? It's clear. Every day as a pastor, I'm clear about what we do and what we don't do. Because if I don't know what we're supposed to do, I may do something that we're not supposed to do. Right. So things come across my desk, or so people call me with great ideas, I have to say, no, nah, sounds great, but that's not what we're called to do. Uh. Right? Vision helps you stay focused, right? So look at this. Uh, vision is a picture of the future that creates passion within you today. Yeah. Vision, you may want to take a picture, write it down. Vision is a pi picture of the future that creates what? Passion within you today. I love the scripture in Psalms 29 and 18. It says, where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. Yeah. But those who adhere to God's instructions know genuine happiness. Right. Oh, I just want to be happy. Well, there you go. <laughs> right? Vision helps you be happy. Why? Because it creates you, it helps you to stay focused. Right. Focus. When you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, there's no vision for your life. You're not working towards something. You don't see an end picture. Then you're everywhere. Every multi-level marketing that comes out, you're everywhere. <laughs> I, I, I had a good friend of mine slash family member who just was, was an MLM junkie. And every time an MLM came out, he came to tell me why this is great to get involved in. 
scared. If you don't do this, you're gonna miss out on millions. How many people know somebody? Come on, don't look at me like oh, that. Yeah. You're gonna miss out on millions of dollars. You are at the ground level. That's that's the line right there. You are at the ground level. This is this is work. This is awesome. Whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's this, whether it's juice, whether it's a girdle, whatever it is. <laughs> Right? Always something, right? Why? But but I knew to say no because I know the vision. I've already seen what I'm working towards, okay? And vision helps you stay focused on what God has for you to do. Somebody say focus. Focus. So without vision, write this down, there is no direction. Without vision, there is no direction. Man, it's sad if you're trying to go somewhere you've never been and have no direction. It's sad to try to go somewhere you've never been and you have no direction. Right, right. That's crazy. If I say, hey, can you meet me in, uh, uh, in Boston? Yeah, and, and I'll be there about a day or so. And you have no direction on how to get there. What happens when you have no direction? You get lost. What happens when you get lost? You waste time. Yeah. Right? Vision, no vision equals wasting time. Right, right. Right? So vision helps you. Write this down. Vision helps you save time. Oh, this is better than y'all saying amen. Vision helps you save time. Vision helps you save time. It tells you what you're supposed to be doing and what you're not supposed to be doing. Vision helps me save time. So let's look at this uh, scripture in Nehemiah. We're going to talk about Nehemiah for a minute. And we're going to look at uh, what I call the seven uh, vision principles from the life of Nehemiah. We're gonna look at seven vision principles from the life of Nehemiah. Now, if you never uh, read anything from Nehemiah, Nehemiah uh, was, a, I'll give you some backdrop, was a cupbearer to the king, uh, and, he was, and he had a passion to build, to rebuild the wall. Uh, his story is so amazing that there's an entire book in the Bible on Nehemiah, Yeah. right? So he must be somebody really important, right? There's a whole book on him, right? So I think we should listen to what Nehemiah is saying and see what, he, and see what those principles are that work. And I want to use this as a, as, a, as a scripture. It says, Nehemiah 1, chapter 3 through 4, and they said to me, the remnant there is in the province who escaped exile are in great trouble and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and it is fortified gates are destroyed by fire. Okay, so here it is. There is a problem. There is an issue that Nehemiah sees. And let's look at the first thing, we talk about principles, and I want you to remember that Nehemiah scripture that I gave you. Let's define what a principle is first, right? So a principle is, uh, is two things, two great definitions I saw in principles. Uh, a fundamental truth that serves as the foundation for a system of belief, mm-hmm. right? So the question is, what principles do you live by? You ever heard that before? What are your principles, right? What, is, what, what, what fundamental truth that you use as, uh, as a foundation for what you believe in? Right? So your, 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 your beliefs are built or comes upon some kind of foundation right? that you have received as your truth. Some people got the wrong truths. They got bad principles. Their principle is you steal my car, I'll steal your house. You know, that's, that's a, <laughs> you know, you punch in my eye, I punch in your stomach. I mean, that's, some people live by those crazy principles. You know anybody with crazy principles, right? Yeah. Just yeah. nutty principles, right? Uh, well, in the kingdom, our principles come from the word of God, right? And God tells us what, I mean, the word is so awesome, he tells you what you need to believe in. You don't even have to wonder, right? right. It's, it's all there. The second part of a principle is it is a rule of belief governing your behavior. That's good. 
So principles tell you how you should act. I, because of what I believe, I know how I need to act. So if my principle is you beep your horn at me, I'm going to get out and bash your window in, your window in. But that's, some of you got road rage, right? Some of y'all, y'all quiet, man, y'all, y'all. We're going to have a whole call early today because you guys are just, you know. Right? And you got to work on you. I told you the story when I was driving and, and, and uh, uh, this guy, man, he was, he was just riding my tail on his car. The lights were on. He's riding my tail, and man, and you know, I wasn't in Philly yet. I was in New York. Just, don't worry, it's just some years. God, God worked on me since then. And and the guy just back. He got his brights on, man. He's he's riding me with his brights. And man, I'm like, I had a long day. I'm in a bad mood, and this guy's just riding me, man, with his lights, his brights on, flicking him, wanting me to move out the lane. No, I said I'm not going nowhere. You know, I got real like I ain't going nowhere. Right? So, so, so finally, after like a couple minutes of me slowing up, going back and forth, you know, I said, you know what, let me just, I moved over. The guy comes next to me. Uh, uh, I put my, he puts his finger up at me. I put my finger up at him, right? And not, not this finger, either, wrong finger. Don't worry. I, I have repentance then. Don't worry. I'm saved again. And, 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 and then after he does that, and he's just staring at, my, staring at me after he does that, I'm like, what is he looking at? And I look, and I got my clarity side right in the window. And I say, and the Holy Ghost said, look, you acting like a fool with your clarity sign sitting right there in the window. Right? Because at that point, I forgot about my kingdom principles. And I started reacting emotionally. And my behavior was outside of what I believed to act in, my belief system. Right? So your belief system can always be identified by your behavior. Good. That's good. Right. Right. Come on. Your, your belief system can be identified by your. You may say you believe something, but how are you behaving? Your behavior is telling me you believe something else. I know what your mouth is saying, but what is your behavior saying? Because according to the principles, it is a rule of belief governing your behavior. So we want to make sure that you're living according to right principles. Yeah. Somebody say right principles. Right. Right. So let's look at this real quick. Let's jump into this. Let's run through this real fast. Y'all all right? Yeah. All right, so let's look at this. Vision is birthed in prayer. Number one, principle number one. Vision is birthed in prayer. Amen. All right, so we're not talking about uh, unbelievers. We're talking about believers, right? Getting a vision for your life as a believer. Every genuine vision comes from God as it is birthed in prayer. In prayer, we understand our potential and what God has called us to do. Look at this scripture. I love this scripture here uh, in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3 through 4. It says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. This is Nehemiah. After he heard, what did he hear? In chapter 1, he heard that there was an issue, right? There was an issue. Now, when you go to seek God for a vision for your life, write this down. Your vision for your life is not self-serving. Right. Look at that. I got rid of half the room right there. Sure did. Well, my vision is to have a mansion. No, no, we're not talking about that. My vision is to be a millionaire. That's not, no, 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 no. Right. No, no. Vision is not self serving. That's right. And hush. Come on, Pastor. So there was a problem with Nehemiah. The wall was messed up. Nehemiah got worked. The wall was messed up. And watch this. He says, When I heard this, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. 
And what did I do? I fasted and prayed constantly before God of heaven. Why? There was a problem that no one had an answer to, and he felt the passion of it. And he went to God in prayer on what should I do? I need a vision. Wow. That's good. Do you want this to stay broken, or is there a vision you have for this wall? Because yeah. I want your vision to be my life's vision. Yeah. yeah. We're not talking about the church. We're talking about you. Your personal vision should be God's vision. Yes, 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 yes. What does he have for you? What did he plan for you? Number two, visions are personal. Visions are personal. I love the scripture that he said here in Nehemiah chapter 2. We're looking at Nehemiah. Chapter 2 says... The king asks, well, how can I help you? Now notice, the next verse says, uh, uh, one minute, Nehemiah, here's the problem. He starts fasting and praying, Brother Barry, because there's an issue in the city. And then God sends him to the king and says, and the king says, well, how can I help you? When your vision for your life aligns up with God's vision for your life, people want to help you. That's good. I'm going to say it again. When your vision for your life lines up with God's vision for your life, People want to help you. Yes. Oh, yes. Say that one more time. I receive it. I receive it. When yes. your vision for your yes. life lines up with God's vision for your life, yes. people want to help you. Yes. Yes. Come on, Pastor. That's true. Come on. Yes. People want to help you when your vision lines up with God's vision for your life. The king says, How can I help you? And watch this. He didn't send somebody that had no authority. Somebody in a kingship level yeah. had the ability to ask him, how can I help you? That's mm. good. That's good. So God's going to send you somebody who has yes. the authority yes. to give you everything you need to accomplish the vision yes. for your life. Awesome. That's good. Now, now, come on. I'm not talking about for the church. Jesus. We're talking about for you. What God has for you to do, there's somebody that God has placed in the earth to finance, to fund, to help, to make a phone call for you. Come on. To come introduce on, you to somebody. Come on, come yeah, on yeah, somebody. Yeah. To write a little recommendation yeah, for you, yeah. for your vision. All yeah, day, every day. Yeah, yeah. All day, every day. Yeah. As long as your vision lines up with God's vision. All day, every day. For your life. All right. <sighs> he says, the king asks, uh, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if you please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me. Vision is personal. Send me. What is God's vision for your life? What is God's vision for your life? What is God calling you to do? He says, I'm a servant. Now, here is Nehemiah was nobody great according to status. He was just a cupbearer. He was a cupbearer. And here it is. A God gave a cupbearer a vision to fix a wall. That was his personal assignment. God may give you the vision to, uh, to, to fix a social problem. Whatever it is, what is your vision? Number three, visions, here's what we bump heads with everybody here. They're large. They're large. Our vision must be something that is too big for us to do apart from God's help. If you ever heard a leader talk about a vision, they never said a vision that was small, that was that that was so small that they could do themselves. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
I mean, have you ever heard a leader, whether it's in corporate America, any, any, that talk about a vision for the company, a vision for, that was so small that they can do it themselves? Not a good one. Not a good one, thank you. Visions have to be large. Visions have to be large. I love this uh, quote by Andy Stanley. He says, the task always appears out of reach. And the reason it appears that it that way is because it is. <laughs> it is out of reach. Yeah, it is. God-ordained visions are always too big for us to handle. We shouldn't be surprised. Hallelujah. Consider the source. Hallelujah. Ah. Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor. Thank you, Lord. Consider the source. You, if God's given you a vision, consider the source. God, it's a God-sized vision. Right, yes. right, right, yes. right. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, come on, come on. I'm almost there. I'm almost come on, done. It's a God-sized vision. It's a God-sized vision. So people that have small visions don't like talking to me because I always <laughs> scale it up. Right. You're only small as your thoughts. I, 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 yeah. You gotta, you gotta scale. If you have the mind of God, you gotta. So anybody talks about business, I'm always talking about. Yeah, won't you scale that? They trying to pay bills. I'm trying to. Come on, Pastor. Right. Come on, Pastor. Consider the source. So the vision for your life is not going to be small. Come on, Pastor. Can I say that again? The vision for your life is not going to be small. It's going to be something big. If you have a heart for young women, you say, I want to affect every young woman. You know, I, I got my little nieces. No, no, not nieces. How, 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 many, how many young girls that are my nieces' age in the city of Philadelphia? Right. Visions are not small. Visions are large. How many schools that have that age group in there? Maybe I can call every principal and do something once a quarter. It has to be long. What can you do? It has to be. It is always going to be big. It has to scare you or it didn't come from God. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh. Yeah, Woo, yeah. Come on, Glory. Yeah. You have to look at your resources and say, I can't do that. He says, great. I'm glad you can because I can. <laughs> He's waiting for you to say I can so he can say I can. Oh, y'all, come on. Thank, I'm going to have to thank you, Scott, for one clap over there. Thank you, Scott. Woo! One clap. I got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! Clap. Somebody say, Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, enlarge my territory. Come on, somebody say, Lord, enlarge my territory. Lord, enlarge my territory. John Maxwell says, successful people stretch to the vision. Stretch to the vision. Unsuccessful people shrink from the vision. Mm. That's good. Vision oh, will that's stretch that's you. Yeah. RCC has stretched me. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Uh, come on, come on, come on. And anybody that's on my team here, they know that we all have been stretched. Oh, say it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't shrink from it, stretch from it. And some people don't let the vision stretch them. Because it'll take them out of the current form that they're in. When you're stretching, it, it, you may look disfigured, but he's actually putting you back in order. Come on, come on, that's good. See, see, see. You, you've been in that shape so long that that the abnormality looks normal. Wow. Can 
Can I say it again? That's good. You've been in a shape of fear and unbelief so long that that shape looks normal. But God has to give you a big vision to to reshape you. Hallelujah. Back into his image. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Because it stretches you. Come on, Wow. Don't let vision shrink you. Wow. Let it stretch you. Okay. All right. Amen. All right. Good stuff. Amen. Woo. All right. Give me more, more, more. All right. All right. Number four, visions are specific. God will give you a specific. What's your vision? I want to bring glory to God. It's not a vision. (laughs) We all want to bring glory to God. (laughs) Come on. Say it again. No doubt. We all want to do that. Right? But there are vision. Give God the glory. It's specific. Nehemiah mm-hmm. knew that God had called him to build the wall at Jerusalem. The thing and the location. Good. Right? God called me to build walls all across America. I mean, let's let's get a little more specific, right? Right? You got to get specific about the vision. So he said this in Acts 9 and 15. I love the scripture of Paul. He says, but the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. Very specific, right? God gave him a name, Saul, told the prophet, go find Saul. He's my chosen instrument. What is he going to do? Take my message to who? I, I, God called me to preach the gospel, but there's the people that he calls you right, to preach. Right, right, right. So I'm always looking to identify the people that God has called RCC yeah. to. Yeah. Because he didn't call us to all, to everybody. There's right. a, a people, right? Yeah. Gentiles, kings, as well as the people of Israel. That's good. So vision is specific. What is your vision? Amen. I wrote this down. Without a specific vision, you will lack the focus which is necessary to be effective. That's wow. good. Say it again. Right? Without a specific vision, you will lack the focus that is necessary to be effective. Where to go. Right? Mm. You gotta be focused. Right? Vision for your life. Y'all gonna be so sharp by the time this service is over. All, all these vision people. Yes. Before all your papers yes. blank before when I ask. Now when I ask you, when I walk up to y'all in a couple weeks and what's your vision for your life? Y'all better have an answer. Come on. Yes, you ready. I, I yes, wanna sir. hear the vision for your life, right? Come on. I wanna hear what God is saying for you. For yes. you. Don't be like, help people know God. That's RCC. <laughs> I want to know what yours is for you, for your life. Come on. Because RCC good. is a church of leaders. Yes. Right. Yes. I'm going to say it again. RCC is a church of leaders. Amen. Amen. We want you to lead. Number five. We got two more. Vision takes time to develop. It doesn't happen overnight. Vision takes time to develop. Nehemiah had to pray, he had to fast, then he went to the king and had the conversation. And the king, if you read the story, it's an awesome story, the king gave him a letter that as he went to do the assignment, uh, uh, Lorenz, that he said, I give you full access, nobody's going to bother you, right? God gave him full protection for the vision, but vision takes time to develop. Sometimes you got to go get knowledge in order to accomplish the vision. Right. Sometimes you got to go back to school to accomplish the vision. Sometimes you got to get certification to accomplish the vision. Sometimes you got to incorporate to, come on, to accomplish the vision. Right? Sometimes you got to hire to accomplish the vision. Sometimes you got to get new techniques in order to accomplish the vision. Right. Amen. Wow. Yeah. What is it going to take for you to develop the vision that yes. God gave you? Yes. All those things. That's 
She has a vision. She's going back in her master's degree now because she wants to what? Help accommodate that vision. That's it. So what is it going to take for you to develop that vision? Right? You see Jess all over social media doing her modeling stuff, all the polls and all that stuff, right? She has a vision for her. That's it, right? Jess. It's class. She has a vision. Right? And she, I remember she first came and talked about what she wanted to do. Yes. And she began to take those yes. steps. Anybody that knew her the last yes. couple of years, she put things in place yeah. to accommodate that vision. Yep. Yeah. And sometimes she's like, Pastor, I'm going to come serve, but I got to leave right after. I got to go do this. I'm like, go do your vision. <laughs> Just don't forget the RCC's vision. <laughs> go do your vision. Right? Because vision takes time to develop. To develop. That's good. Wow. Number six, vision will have Opposition. Jesus. Mm. All right. Yeah, that's a good Jesus one right there. Wow. <laughs> Vision will have opposition. Yeah. Movement, write this down, always produces friction. Wow. wow. Movement always produces friction. Friction. Anybody that's ever, I mean, the only way for you not to have any friction is to stand still. Wow. But movement always produces friction. It's a part of the process. Nothing wrong with you. That's just how that that's just the rule that goes with developing vision. Yeah. Vision will always have opposition as long as there's movement. A vision without action is just a dream. Uh-huh. Write that down. A vision without action is just a dream. You got a dream, but you ain't got no vision. Wow. You've been dreaming how many years for that same thing? It's time for you to turn your dream to a vision by putting some action to the dream. Come on, I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Come on. Amen. All right, so we want to get y'all to stop talking about the vision and doing the vision. So vision will have, always have opposition. And sometimes the closer you get to putting it into play, it seems like the enemy tries to stop you more and more and more. Yeah. Why? Because your vision is aligned up with God's vision for your life. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't want God's vision to be manifested in the earth through you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, he don't want that. He, he, don't, he don't want God's vision for you to be manifested in the earth because right. then what? Then every way he looks, he's gonna see God's vision. Right, right. He's gonna see God manifested through you and your voice and what God's called you to do. The last one, we're gonna pray, is vision must be, and this is important, so I'll say this for last, communicated. Vision must be communicated. Don't be silent about the vision. Look at this in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 16 through 18. The city officials did not know, this is Nehemiah talking, I have been out there a while. Right? There's some seasons God keeps you quiet about your vision. Right? Because you can't tell everybody. Right. Some people don't understand it. And if you tell them the vision, they try to, they shrink from it because they weren't designed to stretch from it like you. Right, 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 right. Structures got to be careful with hanging out with shrinkers. Wow. Ah, that's good. That's good. Come on, come on. Come on. Thank you, brother. That's a good place to praise God. Come on, Right, right. Because when I tell people about RCC, man, I, Ray and I came against so many shrinkers. But I had to find me some stretchers. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I had to hang out with some pastors who understood what it meant to stretch for yeah. a vision that God gave you. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. Right? Stretchers can't hang out with shrinkers because uh-huh. it frustrates you. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to stretch right past them and they don't like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Tell me about you got to get around people who understand the stretch. Yeah. 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 You got to get around people who understand. Look at 
somebody said, do you understand the stretch? I know I look crazy right now, but I'm being stretched to the size of the vision that God has given me. He said, the city officials did not know that I had been out there for or, or there a while, as yet I had said nothing to anyone about my plans. Not to the, pol uh, the political or the religious leaders or even to those who would be doing the work. I didn't say nothing for a season. For a year and change, we came out here to Philly, scouted out the land, didn't say anything to anybody. Because this season where God has you quiet about the vision. But then, verse 18, then I told them about the desire God had put in my heart. And of my conversation with the king and the plan to which he had agreed. They replied at once, good, let's rebuild the wall. And so the work began. When you begin talking about your vision, the people that are designed to help you will be there ready to work. But you have to communicate the yeah. vision. You have to be able to articulate the vision. Because as you talk about it, it's like, hey, oh, I know somebody that can help you. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah, I, I, I can make a phone call. Sure, I know somebody that can help you. Wow. You got to communicate the vision. Okay. First, you got to have a vision. <laughs> you can't communicate what you don't have. So what is what is the vision for your life? To this week, that's what I want you to work on. I don't want you to go learn how to speak in tongues. I don't want you to learn how to get anointed. I want you to write your vision. Right. Come on. That's good. Come on, y'all. It's good. Look at the scripture. Last scripture here. Habakkuk 2, verse 2 through 3. And the Lord answered and said, write the vision. So this week, thank you, Sister Daddy. You want to pray? Come on up and help me. Come on. Uh, uh, write, write the vision. Write it. When you get home this week, I want you to write the vision. What is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do? What is he asking your vision and lining up with his vision for your life? And engrave it so plainly upon the table that everyone who passes by, that everyone that passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. So being in business, I, I, I know that people of importance don't have time to hear a book. Right? You got your book of your vision, but you ought to have what they call your elevator pitch so you can tell somebody real quick what it is. Wow. Right? Nobody got time to hear you. Well, see, first, what I'm going to do is, and, and this is what I was thinking about, and I, I thought maybe nobody got time for that. Right? You got to make your vision. Plain. <laughs> plain. Make it plain. Especially, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have, I know, when I told the people of Greater Point, like, you got two seconds to get it out. Like, otherwise you're done. Right? Amen. Make it plain. Have your long version, but have your short version so that you can communicate it better. That's right. Come on. That's good. Commercials are 30, 60 seconds. That's it. They spend millions for 60 seconds. Imagine how tough it is to get your, 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 uh, your message in 60 seconds. And I have to pay millions to have millions of people understand right. my message in 60 seconds. And you want to talk about, but you see, first, I, I, I thought maybe I, I, I would take the class, and then after the class, it comes with a, with a book. And after you do the book, then, then there's eight lessons. Nobody got time for that. No, nobody got, look at somebody who nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that. Condense it. Make it short. Make it quick, okay? Look at that. Plainly, so that people can see it, read it, and they can run with it. They can say, great, awesome. I know somebody. I'll email you the number. We got it. They can help you if you have it fast. Verse number three, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Development, right? Speaks of development. And it hastens to the end fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. 
good. When God gives you a vision, it's not going to deceive or disappoint. You don't have to be uh, deceptive in order to accomplish the vision. You don't have to lie in order to accomplish the vision. You don't have to, li you don't have to uh, be sinful in order to accomplish the vision. Mm -hmm. If God spoke greatness, be great. If God called you to be in business, be integral. Whatever it is, you don't have to be deceptive in order to accomplish the vision. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it because it will surely come. It will not be behind, behindhand on its appointed day. Right. It's an assignment for it. So I want you to write this last piece down, and I'm done. Write your vision out. Write this down. Write your vision out and start moving. Wow. Write your vision out and start moving. The last bit I want you to write is God has called me to, and then put a long line. God has called me to, and then put a long line. Right, can come up. God has called me to, and I want you to put a long line. Right, because that long line is going to be your write the vision down plainly so that everyone that reads it, that passes. Now, look, look at this. Notice, it, as people are passing their reading, I mean, it can't be no long. You, you, you got to be able to, when we talk about communicating the vision, you got to be able to communicate what God's called you to do. Because God can't fund what you can't communicate. Jesus. <laughs> God can't fund what you can't communicate. Mm -hmm. God can't provide for what you can't communicate. Yeah. So I want you to get ready. I want you to put your, put your Bibles, your iPads, whatever you got down in this. Jump to your feet quickly. I'm going to pray today that God this week, as you begin to spend time in prayer and in consecration, that God make his vision for your life plain. Amen. That's a good prayer. I mean, could you imagine if everybody in this room was operating in their God-given purpose? Now, what an amazing thing. Because if you get lined up with what God called you to do personally, RCC is going to be even that much better. It's going to be that much greater. Because guess what? That influence turns over to the church. That outreach turns over to the church. That stretch transfers over to the church. But God has a vision for your life. If you, everybody, take a deep breath real quick. If you breathe in, there's a vision for your life. There's a vision for your life. If you're still here, there's a vision for your life. And I don't care what it is. You say, well, I don't know what it is. This week you're gonna see God get clarity on that vision. Now I want you to lift those hands up real quickly. And just begin to just 